Today's scripture reading is 1 Corinthians chapter 5. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and of a kind that is intolerable even among pagans. A man has his father's wife, and you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have been stricken with grief, and have removed from your fellowship the man who did this? Although I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did this, just as if I were present. While you are assembled in the name of our Lord Jesus, and I am with you in spirit, along with the power of the Lord Jesus, hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven works through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old leaven, so that you may be a new unleavened batch, as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old bread, leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and of truth. I wrote you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. I was not including the sexually immoral of this world, or the greedy, or swindlers, or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. But now I am writing you not to associate with anyone who claims to be a brother, but is sexually immoral, or greedy, an idolater, or a verbal abuser a drunkard, or a swindler. With such a man, do not even eat. What business of mine is it to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked man from among you. This is God's word. This short chapter discusses the difficult subject of church discipline. The person who needed discipline in Corinth was a man in their church who was committing adultery with his father's wife, according to verse 1. The fact that she is not called his mother almost certainly means that she is a woman who married his father, but of course was not his mother. Regardless, Paul is appalled both that someone who claimed to be a believer would do this, according to verse 1, and that the Corinthian church tolerated this sin in their church family, as we saw in verse 2. But actually, tolerated is too mild a term. The phrase, and you are proud, in verse 2, indicates that the Corinthians celebrated this sin. It would be nice to know more about what Paul meant. It is possible that the Corinthians saw their tolerance of his sin as some kind of advanced display of God's grace, but we don't know for certain. Regardless, Paul called on the church to remove this man from the church through church discipline, as we saw in the phrase, put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this, and that's in verse 2b. What then does this passage teach us about the subject of church discipline? First, it teaches us that church discipline is public. Verse 4 told the Corinthians to handle this matter when you are assembled and I am with you in spirit and the power of our Lord Jesus is present, according to verse 4. That phrase is speaking of the public gathering of the church. When someone is removed from church membership through discipline, all the other members of the church should know about it. They should know of his removal and why he was removed. Second, This passage teaches us that church discipline is for the spiritual good of the person placed under discipline. Verse 5b describes the purpose of this act with this phrase, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Remember that no one should be disciplined from the church until they have been confronted with their sin and given an opportunity to repent. 
A repentant believer is not removed from the church because repentance is the way that a Christian should respond to sin. But a person who will not repent when sin is addressed is acting like an unbeliever. Paul was very concerned that this man described in 1 Corinthians 5 will go to hell because his open practice of sin is not consistent with the life of a believer. A main goal of removing him publicly, then, is to shake him out of his false confidence of salvation so that he will repent of his sin like a believer should, or turn to Christ genuinely for salvation. The third lesson we learn from this passage about church discipline is that church discipline is for the good of the church as well. Verses 6-8 through eight compare sin to yeast. It's called leaven. A little bit of yeast expands through the entire baking dough to make the resulting bread soft and cause it to rise. The image is that the yeast grows to affect the whole loaf. Likewise, sin unaddressed in the church also grows and expands until it pervades the entire body of Christ. Church discipline, then, removes the sin by disassociating the church from the person under discipline. While the people in the church might still see this man around, they are no longer to regard him as a brother in Christ who is growing in his faith. This has a sobering effect on the rest of the congregation, showing them that sin will not be tolerated in the body of Christ. Church discipline is always a difficult thing. It's stressful for everyone involved. It is like surgery for the body of Christ. A surgeon wounds your physical body in order to remove or repair something that is affecting your health. Church discipline, likewise, is painful to the body, but God uses it to bring long-term health and healing to the body of Christ. And so this is why we practice church discipline. It's for the good of the person being disciplined, and it's for the good of the church. We don't do it in hatred or anger. We do it out of obedience to the Lord and in love for the person who is sinning, and for the church. And so I hope you'll keep this in mind when the issue of church discipline comes up in the church. And I hope you'll see it as a biblical act, an act of love for everyone involved. If you found this devotional helpful, but you didn't find it in your email this morning, please sign up in your email by going to dailypbj.com slash subscribe. Also, I'm looking for financial support, and if you can help me with that on a monthly basis, please go to dailypbj.com support. Finally, would you share this message with someone who might grow from it in their own spiritual life? That will help me to grow my audience. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great day. May God bless you. We'll see you next time.